Thank you for joining us for the Remote Pilot Association podcast. Today we're going to take on this topic in a audio sense so Class E airspace and surface-based Class E airspace. This is number five in our series of podcasts. Class E, just as a refresher, is that primary airspace that we call everything in between. So you have the various airspaces connected to air traffic controlled airports like Class B, C, and D airports. But Class E is what we call the filler. So in between those airports, so like for instance, in our area here in North Carolina, that area between Greensboro's Class C and Charlotte's Class B, well, once you get outside of that airspace, where are you? Well, you're in Class E, and we call that everything else as the memory aid there. Uh, Class E airspace has two altitudes, and those might be familiar to you. One is 700 feet, which is above ground level, and 1,200 feet. And that's extending to normally a flight level 180. So if you remember in aviation, we love to add two zeros to everything. So that would be 18,000 feet mean sea level. If the 700 feet and 1200 feet AGL sound familiar, well, that's because it's connected to Class G airspace. And that goes from the surface, or our memory aid is G is for ground, and as we say, is good for drone flying, because that's typically where we're limited to when we can only fly up to primarily 400 feet above ground level. Now, jumping into Class E airspace that's related to airports, they're shown with a magenta line that's around an airport, and they have unique rules and some exceptions we'll talk about. Typically, small unmanned aircraft, you know, you can't operate in Class B, C, or D airspace or within the lateral boundaries of surface area Class E airspace without prior permission. So that's typically in the form of a waiver. Stated another way, basically you can't fly in air traffic controlled airspace or this Class E, which is often overlooked. Everybody's usually pretty good with B, C, and D. Okay, they have control towers, but E is kind of one of those things that's left out or that little addendum on that statement. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, but uh, basically you need permission or a waiver from air traffic control. And we'll give you some ways where you can get that approval. Now, uh, you see Class E in three different areas. As we said before, it's that coloring in between or everything else. We talked about that just a little bit earlier. And then you'll see uh, these dash magenta lines around the blue air traffic controlled airports. So as you remember, airports are shown as blue circles typically, but the Class E's for controlled airspace with air traffic control towers is an extension to the main cylinder, if you will, of that airspace. And they'll put a Class E as an extension to that cylinder. And if you imagine a keyhole, so people sometimes call it a keyhole, noting the shape, that it's a magenta dash line that extends out from there. So imagine a blue circle, if you will, related to to the airport, but then that magenta dash line. Now, if you pay close attention to the runway direction, you will notice that the Class E keyhole aligns with the approach path of that runway, and there's good reason for that. If you think about it, what is airspace for? 
We've talked about in our classes that the function of airspace basically is to prevent mid-air collisions. And how do they do that? Well, it's through rules and procedures, but the other is requiring stricter weather visibility requirements uh, for those manned pilots. Fortunately for us drone pilots, we only need to know one set of weather requirements, and that is that three statute miles, what they call slant range visibility, 500 feet below the nice puffy cotton ball-like cloud the FA likes to refer to, and 2,000 feet away from that cloud as well. Now, there are airports, shifting gears a little bit, that are not blue in color. They're magenta in color, meaning they do not have an air traffic control tower, but they're Class E airspace. They're surface-based Class E, and it may have keyholes that are aligned with the runway approach paths, and that's for instrument pilots. Some pilots and manned aircraft are flying in. Their heads down in the cockpit monitoring those instruments. It's going to be stricter weather requirements for manned pilots uh, to prevent those mid-air collisions. A good way to think about these surface-based Class E airports is sort of like a absentee landlord situation. Bear with me here a minute. You'll have instrument approaches that are guiding these manned aircraft that are flying through the clouds in for the approach to the various runways, but there's not an air traffic control tower. So what happens is a larger airport that's close by will actually control those instrument approaches into that airport. And that's why we call it an absentee landlord situation. Then it just helps you remember that misunderstanding thing by a lot of folks related to this is surface base class E does require a waiver. I really almost cringe at bringing this up in our classes because the rules up to now are pretty easy. If the airport is blue, you require a waiver to be able to fly in that airspace. It reminds me of English class in school. I remember sitting there in class and they say, well, the rule uh, is this. And they'll lay out, okay, in this situation, this situation, in this situation, it's the same. And you go, oh, okay, I think I've got it. And then they'll say, unless, so this is sadly one of those situations. Bear with me. We'll try to explain this the best we can and make it easy for you. Like we said, it's an absentee landlord situation with those surface-based Class E airports. They're magenta airports with magenta dash lines around them, and they also require permission. The Lance app is a great app. I'm not sure if you've used it. We do have a separate podcast and blog post that talks about Lance. You can look that up. It basically makes a gridded pattern. Think of a, a waffle with the, with the grids, and it, it issues different maximum altitude numbers. So in the outer reaches of that cylinder, if you will, is approvals up to 400 feet. But once you get closer to the airport, logically, it's more and more restrictive. So if you're right next to the runways, well, you're not going to have any permission, but you get a little ways out. You could get up to maybe 100 feet or 200 feet, and that allows very easy access to an app, typically instantaneous, and you just say, hey, I'm flying in this area at this time, and they'll say, okay, you're approved to fly just so you meet these requirements by not flying over a certain altitude and staying within this grid of airspace. However, if you want to do something over and beyond what Lance approves, you'll have to kind of go back to the old system and submit a waiver for approval. And it's kind of the old school method, you know, basically writing a letter to the FAA telling them what you want to do, where you want to do it. So, for example, 
if you wanted to fly in a gridded airspace that was normally 300 feet maximum altitude and you needed to get up to 400 feet, well, that would be outside of what Lance would approve. Therefore, you need to submit a written waiver to the FAA and request that. The only rub with this is it could take up to 90 days to see if it's approved, and that's if it is approved. It's quite an arduous system there, but uh, we understand in some situations it might be necessary. We have come a long ways. It used to be you had to submit the old school 90-day process waiver for everything. With these apps, it has really opened up and become a lot easier for the most part, unless it's an extraordinary situation. I know this is a tough topic to do without visuals, so for you visual learners, please check out our company blog. It's 005, and you'll see some related graphics for that aeronautical chart showing what that airspace looks like. I'm T.C. Freeman, your Chief Flight Instructor for the Remote Pilot Association, and we have a commitment to helping drone pilots get their drone business off the ground. Be sure to go to the RemotePilotAssociation.com website to sign up for our free newsletter. We have articles on drone business topics, certification, recurrency, and more.